You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon. Is it afternoon? No. No, it's morning. Uh, this was after the show. This is going to be after the show, episode 38, for Sunday, October the 5th. But seeing as Sunday, October the 5th is gone, <laughs> we'll have after the show. Episode 38 for Monday, October the 6th. Great. And today we're going to be looking at, well, we're going to be looking at, this is a weird one this week. We're looking at a box set, Blu-ray box set, called The Ultimate Unrated Comedy Collection. But it contains three movies, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. It contains three movies, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Now... We're going to be doing written reviews of all three on Wednesday. We are? Yeah, well, I've already prepared two of them. You're going to be doing a written review of... Have Sarah I already Ma- written the other ones? Yes. Oh, right. And I've written all the Blu-ray parts. Excellent. So we're going to have three reviews on Wednesday, but today in this podcast we're going to be focusing on the newest of these movies, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, this is a DVD... Well, this isn't a DVD release, actually. This, this set is a Blu-ray set. These are available on DVD as well, but we're focusing on Blu-ray today. And they were released on Tuesday, September the 30th, which was last Tuesday. Which we're, is good. Because, we're behind. Well, it's good because we actually got to see the BD Live features for once this time. Because we weren't early. Correct. So, uh, these, this is a 2008 movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's from our friends at Universal, and this is the synopsis. Of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think that pretty much sums <clears> it up. It's about a bad breakup... Of a young man and his girlfriend, and he's devastated, takes off to Hawaii to get away and to get his head together, and lo and behold, she's there with a new rock star, British rock star boyfriend, and it's basically that. He's trying to get over her, and there she is, and it's funny-ish. Most of the time. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I think that my synopsis will go down in history. Yes, synopsis. Summaries will go down in history. They're so good. That's it. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to synopsisize the no, other that, ones too? Okay, like Virgin, so Virgin and uh, moving, up, up. moving on to the movie. I think these titles say it all. They're all funny. Knocked up. What's that going to be about? Let's synopsisize that. And forty-year-old version. They're all about version. Sex, let's say that. <laughs> the forty-year-old version of a movie. All right. So moving on to the movie and opinions of it. Um, I didn't know... Well, I kind of did know what to expect, cause it, but it's this isn't an Apatow comedy. It's uh, produced by Apatow comedy. Who's Apatow? What's Apatow? Judd Apatow. He's, Who's he's, he? He's the big director who makes all the cool movies nowadays. How Super, many? Superbad. Knocked Up. 40-Year-Old Virgin. Did he make Ron Burgundy? Anchorman. Drillbit... <laughs> uh, Taylor oh. is, is involved in that. I don't think he made it. But yeah, he's, the, he's... What they say nowadays is he has got his own genre of stuff. And what it is, is it's basically a rehashing of... Um, comedies of the 80s? Or, uh, no, because these aren't about teenagers. Are you saying, like, Juno? Did he do that too? No. Hmm. No. Um, I know what you're saying. They're not coming-of-age films because we're Juno. past... Why the would com- you think Judd Apatow did Juno? 
I don't know, because it's one that of those was quirky Diablo movies. Cody, right? She wrote it. Don't know. He didn't write them either, did he? He just produces them. No. Anchorman, Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, written and directed by Judd Apatow. Right. But anyway, we're not onto the director yet. I was no. mentioning Apatow, and this is an Apatow comedy, but it isn't. Like, I mean, it's produced by him, this one. But it does have his kind of... Uh, I'm it's, trying to, it's coming of age, it has some but of his for guys people in, it, for in their late 20s and 30s. Yeah, almost, yeah. It's a little bit more grown up than the... Uh, but it isn't, because it's still about relationships, and this movie particularly about breakup and, you know, sort of adolescence, but put in the late 20s and 30s. You know, people with careers and jobs, and we're not in Breakfast Club or 16 Candles anymore. We're in, like, late... We're actually post-friends age, even. Yeah, I was trying to just say it's kind of... I was What I was trying to say, actually, was Judd Apatow has a style of comedy. And it's and then I was going to say, it's this new, fresh style of comedy. And then I was thinking, no, it probably <laughs> isn't. It's like something else from a while ago, but kind of brought up to date and kind of made a bit... You know, it's really risque. And so were comedies back in the 80s, like Porky's and stuff. They were risky, too, weren't they? Yeah. And... Probably about the, you know the same level of high. Well, Pokers is more about just titties and stuff, and this has got not any. Well, a little bit, but not much. <laughs> a little more. It has some titties. Yes. A little bit, not much. He actually wrote more than um, talking about Judapito, written by <clears throat> more than I actually thought. Don't mess with the Zohan. Right. Adam Sandler's latest one, Dewey Cox story. Knocked Up, Fun with Dick and Jane, 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, Freaks and Geeks, the TV show that's really... People love that show for some reason. I've never seen any of it. It only lasted about six episodes, I believe, but it was uh, beloved, you know? One of those things. Larry Sanders' show wrote tons of that. Oh, I love Larry Sanders' show. But anyway, Heavyweights. He wrote Heavyweights. So it's like... This movie, we'll focus on this, because you're asking, what do we think about this movie? It's got, like, the combination of sort of, like, dick jokes, right? It's got that sort of shallow comedy. And it's mixed with some very, like, real, heartfelt, sincere life. And I was about to say, we've seen Knocked Up. It's the same sentiment. Dick jokes. And... A real serious, also, real relationship story. Same as this. Just what I said. Yeah. That's what <laughs> with I like, with then, Also with I just... I thought you were a virgin. Yes. Same. Dick jokes, but, but an actual... So is that, is that a genre, do you reckon? That's what I was getting at. Apato, this carries over. I mean, you know that box set? This box set we're talking about. Those three movies are very similar in different ways. Now that I think about it, Sixteen Candles was that too. Un- girls underwear and then the the sentiment of finding real love when you're a teenager it's all mixed together so maybe he is the kind of the John Hughes the, of the we were saying this what is he is the when we were saying what is this decade called like it's not the yeah. 90s not the 80s what is it it's not the 2000s it's not the O's well he's that he's the John Hughes of this I think they would call it early 21st century these first 20 years if anybody knows what it's called i'm sure you can look it up but we haven't looked it up we just always question it i like to call it the the oh <laughs> what do you call 2000 to 2010 you call it the 2000s don't you no because that's the whole that's the whole millennium the, i don't know Somebody the beginning can... of the 2000 <laughs> of the 21st century 
That's out of the The first decade of the 21st. It doesn't sound right, though. No, it doesn't. So. All right. So he also wrote Heavyweights, which... So I what did you think of this movie? I um, didn't know what... This is what I was saying. I didn't know what to expect, but I did know what to expect because I've seen other... And I got what I was expecting, but a little bit more. And, and the little bit more was the main guy. Mm, yes. Now, now we've all seen Seth Rogen do it and Steve Carell, but this guy to me, I don't, I don't know him from Adam. I've, I'm still not looked him up. I don't. He's new. Like when he came on the screen, I was like, okay, is this like a, is this the lead character or is this just a peripheral guy? And when he, when I figured out he was a lead character, I was like, well, this is pretty cool because they could have easily dropped Seth Rogen in there, couldn't they? You know, he's the, mm, he's I the guess. go-to guy at the moment. Would have been these. boring, but that. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's yeah. the go-to guy for these kind of comedies right now. Even Kevin Smith's gone to him, right? So, um, I was thinking, well, this guy's cool. And then when I learned a bit more about him, which we'll mention in the extras, that makes it even more cool to me. Yes. About his involvement in it. And I thought he was exceptional. And, and he, he, he actually made the movie for me. Oh, because, totally. Because he's funny. But then when, it demands, when a, a scene demands he's not to be funny... Just to be a guy, like a normal dude, like he can do that too. Whereas I think Seth Rogen's always trying to be a smartass, yeah, always, always on. Now the thing is, we didn't know as we're watching it, and watching him in all the different scenes, and and he goes through lots of different emotions and lots of comedy and stuff. He wrote it, and that was what I was getting yeah, to. He wrote the whole thing, and a lot of the movie is based on his real life experiences, exactly. and he seems quite like an emotion. What some of the stories yeah. you thought I was like, wow, he really is kind of. Sad and pathetic. Exactly. Um, and that totally and it comes, comes through. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think anybody else could have done it as well. And I'm glad they chose... Well, you know, he's a good p- person to have. And I'd like to see him in something else. I think of the story, right? It seems like it's going to be really predictable and stuff. And it has a few elements of, yeah, you got to throw that in because that's just part of this sort of comedy love thing. But it's also unpredictable in parts. Parts where that would happen, and I won't say them because I don't want to but I mean I was actually surprised and impressed that yeah. it wasn't just it has the sort of it doesn't go exactly how you think no exactly definitely not you, no. Get, you get about halfway through and you're like oh really I yeah. was expecting that yeah not only that but just individual little sets of scenes you know like when he first meets the you, the guy that you like at the surf thing where oh, he, yeah um, he, what's his name Rudd yeah. so he goes out and he's he's really quirky and weird right I like it when he says uh, what does he say um <laughs> when he gives him his uh, Hawaiian name, but it's just a made-up name. It's like, Pio- yeah. And then he, then he, he goes, the guy goes, what he goes, my <laughs> name's actually whatever he says, like Kawa or something. And he's like, oh, that's a cool name, man. And he's like, yeah, but my real name's Chuck. And he's like, oh, what's Kawa mean? He's like, it's Chuck. It's Chuck. Chuck. But I went on the internet and it says, put in your real name and it'll give you a Hawaiian name. So it's like <laughs> bullshit, right? So then he says, I'll give you a Hawaiian name, and he kind of rubs his hand around in front of him. Then he says something, you know. Payawa or something. But the funny thing about him is he was weird, right? The guy himself. <laughs> like, perpetually stoned, maybe. And then later they talk, and then later... It's just funny because he's completely... He doesn't remember at all. It's like he's... I, you think, okay, this is going to be a buddy thing for me. Yeah, a but, friendship. Yeah, that's and then it falls... Up, then you're like, you he doesn't remember. He is, like, yeah. and, <laughs> so um, it's funny. What's that line he says about the hair? He likes... The other guy's wife comes through and he goes, oh, I really like her hair. Oh, right. 
I wonder if the pubes match the I wonder if carpet. The, <laughs> I wonder if the carpet matches the pubes. Yeah, which is not. And then the guys like, right. But yeah, it's um, and it's also I've said before I'm not really into romantic comedies and things like Sleepless in Seattle or you know those kind of romantic comedies they put me to sleep like very sentimental. Yeah. And there's not there's no rough edge on them at all. Like they they're just. Do you mean there are no dick jokes? Because that ultimately, if you really think about it, when you have some of these moments in I this to, movie, I actually would like. I would actually like to say there's actually no jokes. <laughs> like true. A, like a Tom Hanks true. romantic comedy. It's not funny. It's you don't go. Oh, wow, that's really funny. It's like more romantic than funny, right? It's all about you know. It's sentimental. I'd but, have to say I'm a woman, so I, th- I see it differently, like when Harry met Sally and stuff, but... See, when Harry met Sally is quite funny, I think. It is, but it doesn't have this sort of, like, grown men acting like boys with the naked and the dark dick jokes and being goofy kind of thing mixed and in. And that's what Apatow's things are, yeah. isn't it? They, it's an element of what can you get away with, because this... Yeah, like grow, like, you grow up and you sort of poo-poo the idea of laughing at or or they used to let's say that used to be the standard now our generation like kevin smith us these guys whatever it seems like we've all sort of we don't let go of that stuff anymore you know we're staying a little bit (laughs) i'm gonna sound extremely corny we're staying younger longer like we don't get stuffy. Not all of us, you know. This sort of genre. I mean, like we're not getting stuffy and old in our forties. No, or I wouldn't whatever. say that. I would. I mean, Do you know I, would, what I, mean? I would say that because, like, there are some people who get to forty and then you would show them a movie like that yeah. and they would be disgusted by it or like, I can't watch something like that. What they say. Yeah, saying. but now when you think about people like these people making these movies, they are forty. It goes for yeah, or older, and it goes at a people who you realize when you're forty as I am, almost 41. <clears throat> you don't have to start being all serious and stuff just because you're 40, you know? It's nice to have the mixture. That's what I'm going to say about this movie. It's nice to have the mixture of true sentimental feelings because they're nice moments. There are some, like, the really girl, dramatic The girl from the 70s show, she's excellent. We'll talk about her in the cast part. But, I mean, I really liked her. And there were moments between the two of them I thought were just they did a... that was really watchable. Really good. And not smushy and ooey-gooey. But kind of just nice to watch. I thought it was Yeah, because really it good. wasn't overly romantic anyway. This No. It was more about the nasty side of relationships. I thought. Yeah, and you know what? There's a line that she did. At one point when she's going to get up to get something, he's like, oh, I'll get it. She goes, no, 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 you don't have to, like, whatever she said, you know, coddle me. I'm not that kind of girl. And I actually thought at that moment, that's what this movie and these movies are kind of like. They don't have to baby us anymore. No. With over-romancing and over, like, overly written dialogue that's just... No, and... Over, you know... One of the things of these style of movies, too, is it's a lot of improvising. Because yeah. we know that from watching deleted scenes and yeah. stuff. That they possibly do a hundred different versions of something and see which one goes off. Like Paul Rudd character. Yeah, definitely. When he was saying stuff at the bar, he'd said hundreds of things there. He, they just picked one of them. So I think maybe is that might why it seems different. Because a lot of it... A lot I mean, of it, it comes off as... A little bit comes off as overly improved occasionally. And then other times it's very genuine. I think I dislike the mixture of it. And I think that's where these feel different to 
Tom Hanks romantic comedies, whereas they're straight up Hollywood. Yeah, very all contrived, line, yeah. very manufactured. Very which rehearsed. I still like them. Maybe it's because I'm I've got a vagina instead of a penis, but I still like them. <laughs> Do you think that might be why? See, I'm, have we ever I, said that word in this podcast? What? V. v- <laughs> like them. <laughs> I um, I was just thinking of. So, like, yes, I do like these kind of romantic comedies. I love Knocked Up. I love 40-Year-Old Virgin. I really like this one. In fact, this one could be better than I was going to say, ones. how do you think this compares? I think <clears throat> my favorite is the 40-Year-Old Virgin. Me too. I think my second favorite is the Sarah Marshall one, and my third is Knocked Up. I don't know. I think mine's 40-Year-Old Virgin. If we're just talking about these three in particular, 40-Year-Old Virgin and then... Knocked Up, I actually really enjoyed. And this one. I don't know, though. There's a kind of a tie for me. Except for, I love 40-year-old version. i got to say, this is a I good... laughed. Yeah, it's I, and I just I watched out, it the other day. Yeah, I laugh out loud every time. Even just, you and I were on the phone the other day, and we started talking, and you had it in. So you held the phone up to the speaker and let me hear the... Uh, the yeah. Pussy Juice Cocktail <laughs> and the Cincinnati Bow Tie. <laughs> it's not about the fucking and the ass-fucking and the licking and the shit-stained balls. <laughs> That one? <laughs> Are we, uh, did we just get the uh, unrated version of this podcast? <laughs> you, know, you know you shouldn't do that because Mutley's going to go. <laughs> yeah, we... Hold on, just listen to this. This is... <laughs> when Sid Talk goes off on a laughter fit like she's doing now. She's not doing it now, but it sounds like Mutley from Dastardly and Mutley. I can't do it. It hurts my throat. Oh, my God. Anyway. That was so funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that is one of the funniest moments in any of yes. these movies. Just that moment for me. Like, it's hilarious. I mean, Obviously, you've memorized. Yeah, 40-year-old virgin is funny all the way through, but that particular moment is, is hilarious. Very good. I, I could just watch that moment. Um, so, this one... <laughs> Yeah, that I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to clear my mind. I'm trying to get... I need a drink. I'm trying to clear my mind of the uh, Pussy Juice cocktail. <laughs> so, this one, so, for, I keep thinking it's called Saving Sarah Marshall, and I wish somebody had stopped talking to me on the uh, Skype. You're thinking of Saving Private Silverman. Ryan. <laughs> saving Silverman was a movie. Saving something. Um, but this one was a pleasant surprise. I enjoyed it all the way through. It, it had... For me, and I don't know what it was, a bit of a ring of an Adam Sandler one. I could imagine Adam Sandler being in it. It had... In what role? In... The main the, role? Maybe. Now, maybe I was. Maybe it was just because I really like Fifty First Dates and that was another Hawaii That's thing. another good one, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's my that, movie of oh. the week. Okay, my movie recommendation of the week. I don't particularly like Adam Sandler movies at all. In fact... My favourite Adam Sandler movie is Punch Drunk Love, and it's not because it's an Adam Sandler movie, it's because it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. But, Fifty First Dates, while it does have some stupidness that I could do without... It's got stupidness, but it's yeah. not the good dick jokes, maybe. I don't know what no, the I difference mean, it's is. No, I mean, it's got like a... Really lowbrow comedy. really lowbrow shit. Which, a partic- you know, Little Nicky. Let, let's, oh, let's, let's just talk That's about That's the that. worst of the spectrum. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but, but, Fifty First Dates it is like forgetting Sarah Marshall in the sentimental part mixed with goofiness. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So, and plus they both set in Hawaii. 
That <laughs> Maybe that's what, what you're I was thinking, thinking yeah. of. But um, this one, I'm pleasantly surprised. It really was good, I thought. And, like I say, it was mainly due to the main guy. And we're going on to the cast in a minute. But also, for me, Russell Brand too. Yeah. I, um, mean, I mean, you don't... We'll I'll be honest with you, I liked him better in the extras than in the movie. Yeah, but we'll mention that in the extras. Yeah. So, um, what do you think of this movie? Was it a surprise for you? Or? It was a total surprise for me. I was looking forward to it just because I had no clue what it was about whatsoever. Um, I knew you had mentioned that it was with these two other movies or whatever, and I was like, eh, but, you know, fine. But I was still kind of, I didn't know who was in it. I think you had mentioned the Russell guy, Russell Brand guy. And, um... I think I was just in the mood for it as well. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I thought I was thinking when you when I showed it you the other week, I was thinking you probably thought, oh, not one of those. Kind of at the time. But then today I came around and I was expecting more, a little, I don't know. I was expecting it not to be as funny because I laughed a lot. Yeah. And so at a I, lot of the different things. There was some funny things. And like, not as sweet because it was a night and it seemed, I know it's not real life. But a lot of the interactions and sort of the circumstance, I could actually go there in my mind and imagine. You know, we've all kind of had our hearts broken. Probably not you, but, you know. <laughs> well, it's, but I, I really got it, and I thought that made it even better for me. So I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's also one of the only movies in recent memory that I remember that has full frontal male nudity. Oh, yeah. Like, not female nudity, because... Barely any. Barely any. In the deleted scenes, quite a few. You see titties. the photo of her. You get some good titties in the. Um... <laughs> but what I'm saying is, in the actual movie itself, male nudity is the most prevalent. I guess <laughs> a naked, flaccid penis. Yeah, more than once, isn't Just it? Just twice. Once from the front, once from the side. But it's there, and it's. Uh... Lasts about a millisecond. <laughs> yeah, but it's just. It's kind of interesting because that's the um, yeah. that's the opening scene and you're like, holy crap, he's like naked. He is naked. Why should uh, we be surprised though? Because I mean, so uh, what? You, you just know? don't see it so much on... Never. And because there's a reason for it. Yeah. Because you can get in trouble with the sensors. Yeah, but why? It's just a penis. It's something... We can look at naked boobs any time. What did the extras... What is the difference between a penis? They couldn't have... You can't have an erect penis. A, and even if it's like a certain angle just because it's actually at a certain angle in that frame of film... You, you can't can even, get in yeah, trouble. Yeah, you can't for even it. film it from a certain angle that makes it look. So it had to be totally. Yeah, exactly. So, so imagine you. Imagine just standing there in front of a whole crew. Yeah. Having someone film you completely naked with just your floppy peanut pee hanging odd. down. <laughs> Not but that it, that's a feature of the film because you forget it. But the main guy went for it. You forget yeah. it very quickly. I mean, it comes and goes, and you're like, oh, so to speak. There are a lot of sex scenes in the movie, though, like fun sex scenes. Yeah, and the so one... not you don't see anything. No, not silly. at all. They're just yeah. the fun kind, yeah. Yeah, and there's also that weird couple who... Uh, the Mormon couple. Yeah, that was really good. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's yeah. one of my favorite things looking forward to. This one couple who's also at the hotel, they it just got married. Slowly. Exactly. <laughs> and um, he's kind of really uptight and, like, nerdy or something, and his wife obviously wants to keep... Like, making love and having sex. They just got married. They're on their honeymoon. But he's super religious, I guess. We find out through, you know. And he doesn't... It disgusts him and he doesn't want to... And then you, you only see him for like ten seconds at a time. God wouldn't have put a theme park next to a sewage. A fun park next to next a, a sewage yeah. park. She wants me to do things. And God <laughs> would never have put... Yeah. 
So that was one of those fun things that's dropped in. You watch their relationship sort of evolve, but only in about 10 seconds at a time. It's really weird. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. So yeah, that's just like a side story. Yeah. But it is funny. Um, so overall, for me, I would definitely recommend seeing this Definitely. One. It's a lot of fun. Um, it, and if you do like this style of comedy, it's definitely fits in with it. Yeah, it doesn't fall short of anything. It's it's up to the yeah. Par. Um Would you think Baby Mama that we reviewed the other week is in this style of comedy? I don't loosely, think loosely. It's got a little more of a goof more, factor, you know, a little more. And I think it's a bit more old school, yes. like like Sandler movies or going back a little bit. A little more goofy. And Does this has got... Yeah, I think so. It's not funny as, because... Not as sexy or... So that's part of these two, right? The, the kind of sexy and... Yeah. Cause I don't know. There's, they're pretty graphic about... They'll mention sex. They'll mention things, won't they? And yeah. They'll, they'll show things as well. Like, but I don't think it... It's hard to it pin down. It might offend some people, I guess. We're not marketing people, as you can tell. We don't mm. know how to wrap it up and package it in a sentence. Obviously, from my synopsis... This, um, so I can do that. That's the best people. comedy since 40 year old virgin. <laughs> Buy it now on Blu-ray disc. There you go. <laughs> so. It doesn't really tell me a lot, but you know what? The funny thing is need. some people would go for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's all you need to say. In fact, look, look what they say on the box. 40 year old virgin and knocked up from the producers off. So now we're moving on to the cast. So yeah, I, I recommend. Yeah, you recommend. I do too. Um, I'm going to mention stuff about the Blu-ray disc in a little bit. Uh, my recommendation was... <laughs> I forgot it already. 51st Dates. 51st Dates, yeah. I'm only having one this week. Have you okay. got one yet? No, no. it'll okay. come to me. These people. Okay, so the main guy, the guy who I like so much, Jason Seagal. Seagal, Seagal not Seagal. <laughs> right. That's a different guy. Squiddy will be reviewing a Seagal film in a few weeks. He's going to like that one. Great. Um, so, yeah, Jason Seagal, who plays Peter Bretter, and he... It makes the movie for me. Like oh, it's I said, excellent. It, I mean, there's a few moments where you feel like, I don't know, you know he's a little bit too damaged. I think he is but, in real life. Yeah, maybe that's it. And you saw that totally coming through. Yeah. But funny, very funny and subtle. He's a straight man playing a comedy part, I think. I'm going to see what he And that's uh, what comes out done. even funnier. You ever seen him? No, you I think don't think so. Uh, let me see what he's in. He was in the, an actor in the TV show How I Met Your Mother, 66 episodes. Do you know that one? I've heard of it, but I've not seen it. He was in Knocked Up as Jason. A friend, maybe? It must be, I don't recall him. Crime Scene Invest... <laughs> this is funny. He was in CSI, three episodes. Oh yeah, we should have mentioned that. That in the movie, right, the girlfriend that's broke up with him was on a TV show called Crime Scene. I think that's what it's called. And they're totally taking the piss out of, of CSI because it's so horrible that it looks exact. You could be convinced it was an actual show, but they're totally making fun yeah, of it. Yeah, it's funny as hell. It's fantastic because um, I really don't like those shows. And, and this guy was also the main guy in Freaks and Geeks, which was actually right. 18 episodes from 1990 to 2000 produced by Judd Apatow again hmm. on TV. And also in um, Slackers. The movie? Mm. Do you know that one? And one episode of Alias. So he's, you know, round. He's been around. around. Yeah. But um, yeah, he was really good. Uh, Moving on to Sarah Marshall herself, uh, which is Kristen Bell. She was good. I liked her. She was, because they kind of had to hate her. Yes, you had to dislike her. And yet, because of how she is, 
the way she did it, there were times when you you did feel for her, like that she was making a mistake or she didn't really get. But the one scene, one of my favorites with her, when she's explaining to him one of the reasons why she moved on, you know, and wanted to break up and stuff was that she had tried really hard to, like, keep it together with him. And she went to classes and read books and went to a counselor and he was just basically a lazy bum and wouldn't get out of the apartment and all that and that she had tried and that he never even noticed. And when she's doing that scene, she's really good. And then yeah. another scene when she's actually really good, when she's begging, like, telling him she's sorry and stuff, I was totally into her. Like, I thought she was excellent. You know I what? didn't want to like her, but do you, I did. Do you know what she's from? TV. She's from Heroes. And she's Ellie Bishop from Heroes. Was she the... I don't know who She that was is. in six episodes from the second season. Was she the snotty cheerleader? It doesn't say. You know what I mean? The rival cheerleader? I don't recall her, but she, apparently she was in six episodes. Is that all she was on? Uh, she's been in some other stuff. A movie called Fanboys, which hasn't been released yet. Do you remember that one? Fanboys. Uh, remember? She was the video game voice in Assassin's Creed. Hmm. She was in Veronica Mars, 64 That's episodes it. of that. That's it. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, no, she was good. I, I would like to see her in some other she stuff. She was also in two episodes of... One of our favourites, Deadwood. Oh, as, yeah. Um, was she the girl? Flora Anderson. Two episodes only. Was she the girl where the girl and the boy came to town and then they were like Oh, she could have been. Thieves. That was pretty cool. They were little thieves, weren't they? Yeah, but Maybe. oh dear. Was, they met a very ugly end. Yeah, so that's uh, Kirsten Bell. Uh, Mila Kunis as Rachel Jansen. Um, she's really pretty. She's very pretty and she's very good. She's very natural and very... I think she's done so much at this point in her life. She's in that 70s show. Family and guy. Family guy, voiceover. I think she just... She seems really natural. I really like to watch her, how she does stuff. And, and so do I. <laughs> but I'm fun. Um, Russell Brand as Aldous... He was alright. Al- Aldous well, He was just a bit... I don't know. You sound like you're from London, man. you know him, right? I've seen him on Big Brother on the one episode that he was in because he's a radio guy, right? And did he was like also a- the host of Big Brother's Big Mouth. For yeah, two I, never, years. I never watched that. Yeah. But so to me, I'm unfamiliar with him. Um, I love British people. You know this. <laughs> you know this for a fact. I've been in in uh, what do you call it when someone has like an obsession with British people? There's a name for it. Anglophile. Something like that. So I've always had that. Now. Over the last 10 years, I've gotten more familiar with watching loads of British television and movies and listening to you every single day, all day, talking, talking, talking. And I have to say, it's sometimes, like in this state, it's not that charming on everybody. I didn't find him that charming. <laughs> he, like, cranked up the weird accent, I thought, until we saw him in the no, extras. No, that's totally his accent. And that's totally his accent. And yeah. that's not, it doesn't sound natural. It's, that is. He's from Essex, and yeah, that's a very would, typical Essex, Essex accent. Is it? Because he really No, it really is. It, uh, it's not a posh accent. It's like No, a, no, no, a, not at all. All right, governor kind of accent. Yeah, but that's what I mean. He kind of... I thought he was cranking it up, and I really didn't not. find him that... I think he's perfect for the part. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely perfect. He's so quirky, it's odd, it, and you want to watch him... Yes, I enjoyed but, and, watching him in this movie thinking... Yeah, and when you're watching him in this movie thinking, well, that guy's really weird. Well, he actually is not acting that. No, really. he's like he's that. He's just like that, yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's kind of toned down. Because when you see him in real life, he's got crazy hair, crazy clothes, crazy kind of like rocker clothes. He's, a little he's just a comedian. Yeah. yeah, he's a stand And a radio comedian. guy. Yeah. But, I mean, I liked him okay. 
I really I just liked wasn't him. Like, I thought what? he added a a real interesting, you know, because there were parts when he was just a little bit. I'm too... glad he wasn't what they said it was originally going to be, and like a stuffy professor kind of guy. Oh yeah, I'm glad it, they didn't choose that. Right, it was, the part star. was originally written to be like a like a snobby writer from England, and yet he came in for the part and. They rewrote it to be like a rock and roll star. Which was more interesting to me. And also fit in better with the, she was a TV star and he's a rock, you know. Yeah, and sort of through the story resolution as well, fit in better, so. So He was alright. I'd like to see him in something else just to convince me. And he hasn't been Or just naked pictures of him would be fine too. One or the other. Probably can get naked pictures of him. (laughs) He was in, um, he was the TV voice of Robbie the Reindeer in Close Encounters of the Herd Kind. (laughs) Um, I'll give him credit for this, right? When you watch the extras, he's everywhere. He, yeah, he really pull, throws himself at the back of this movie, and that's great. I think that's really excellent. And so. then, moving on, we got Bill Hader as Brian Bretta. Oh, that's his it, stepbrother. Yes. Yeah, he's funny. He's pretty funny. He's a Saturday Night Live guy. He's kind of a He's straight... also in Knocked Up, etc. Yeah. Um, but I liked him in this. I... I liked it when he, that scene with he the was video yelling at him on the really oh yeah, funny. and then he was yelling at him on the cell phone, and he puts his cell phone in his pocket, and he's still, <laughs> he's yell- still yelling. You can still hear him yelling. Because I said to you, "What's that? What's yeah. that yelling?" I thought it was somebody on the beach yelling. Like. <laughs> and he's yelling at him from his pocket. But yeah, so he he's he's pretty good. It's a very small part. Yeah, it's just but a bit of... important. Yeah, and then there's Paul Rudd as Chuck. Very short, kind of, but he's he's just a cameo, isn't he? It's yeah, not, it's not a main part, but it's but he funny does it in a way that makes those scenes particularly funny. It's, because he's totally he? off he's like, his head. He's a stoner. Surf. I don't even know. Yeah, he is a stoner because he mentions he wants some yeah. pot. He's so he's a stoner surf, surf tutor who just doesn't remember what happened yesterday. No, he's, he's just, like yeah. completely out of it. And it's really, I think that's really funny. You just love him. So where did where they sit down at the bar? Though what we mentioned earlier, where he says uh, <laughs> hi, and he goes he goes hi get, hi man, and he says yeah you know you remember me we we did that. We had a nice talk yesterday. We went out surfing. Oh, did we? He <laughs> <laughs> just don't remember. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... And there was other people in this movie. I just met, listed the main roles. But there I was think everybody was good. I mean, the little... The, the little... The people who work in the hotel who have bit parts here and there that help him along. I think they're really good. The bartender and the... You know. I yeah. think it all fit. I I was... I don't... I can't think of anybody that I didn't think was good. Um... The director, Nicholas Stoller, or Stoller. Um, is that for the cast? cast was good. That's everybody for the cast. N- moving to the director, he's a first-time director. This is his first attempt. Pretty good for a first Successful. attempt. Successful. Um, a friend of the main guy, Jason Siegel. Oh, right. Because he said it. It's they do first... Freaks and Geeks. He did... Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and he's doing a new one in 2009 called Get Him to the Greek. Mm. Um, he also did literally nothing. He, <laughs> he wrote some stuff. He wrote, right. He wrote Fun with Dick and Jane, the new one, the, and uh, an epi- one episode of Strangers with Candy. Mm. So, you know, not mega, but I think this was a good first attempt. Um the it's funny how those two... Oh, yeah, my backup was interfering here. Um, it's funny how people get in a team and sort of... Tra- like, they, it trails behind them when they go from movie to movie to movie, which makes sense, you know? Like, someone like Apatow... Yeah, if you've got people who... Surrounds himself. Good, um, Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson. 
If you've yeah. got people that you trust and you know are going to do a good job, then why not? I it think. could get stale, but it seems like they shake it up enough, like adding a different director and adding a different star, and yet you've got the same tone and the same, you know. It's so, funny how this guy wrote this movie, and yet it's so similar to the others. Yeah. Different writer. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> but obviously not trying to be like the others, because he was basing it on something very personal to him, so it's pretty interesting. Because it is enough different. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're looking at the Blu-ray version, and this is, as we said earlier, part of a box set. Um, this Forgetting Sarah Marshall is the only one of the three that comes with a slip cover, interestingly enough. Mm. Pointless. It's, what do you think of the cover? Interesting. Slip cover, no, I can do just without. The co- just the cover. What? This is exactly the same. See, I was just going to say, like yeah. Iron Man was good. Iron Man was good. Because Iron Man's slip cover had all the crap on it, and then you slipped it off. Your actual DVD looked really cool. This the, one, this one, what's the, only the back thing of co- this look like? Yeah, I'll talk The only crap. thing cool about the slip cover is it's like metallic, that's all. But um, anyway, the cover's fairly boring. It, yeah. In fact, they use like 30% of the cover. With yeah, there's like, a little this picture with nothing picked in the stick in the middle. Always after all. Should we mention that we didn't realize to watch the unrated version? We watched yeah, the Yeah, okay, version. you get an unrated <laughs> version and a theatrical version. And on the main menu, literally when it boots up, there isn't, it, it should by rights come up with a big screen that says do you want unrated or rated like DVDs often do this one doesn't at all and then there's because it's a blu-ray as the slide in menu right at the very bottom in a sub menu is do you want to pick unrated right. or rated and so you're going to miss it that. and we saw it when the movie ended that there was it so we missed those so anyway there's an unrated minutes. version with 6 minutes extra added now we've only seen the theatrical so we can't tell you what was added but from what I've read, it's more titties. And, uh, and another scene that was... A scene that actually features somebody who was in Knocked Up, who wasn't in this movie at all. She was completely cut out. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yes, there's an unrated... And uh, I wanted to mention something about... This is the Blu-ray version. And I wanted to say that... I don't know what it was, but the picture quality of the movie wasn't up to par with other Blu-ray discs. It actually looked really soft to me. I agree, totally. And I never care. Yeah. In Um, fact, there were times, and this might have been just a weird thing. They're in Hawaii, right? But there were times when they're outside, I could swear. More like blue screen. Yes. Now, that's not a blue, that's not a disc thing. That's just a weird... No, what it was was weird. First off, we've seen a lot of high-definition movies now, and... How you can tell the difference just immediately by looking at them is they're a lot sharper. They look really in focus, like really, really sharp, because there's a lot more detail. This one actually, to me, looked like a DVD. I was thinking, wow. Yeah, we're this... coming off a speed racer. So remember, and plus which was we, amazing. Plus we'd just been playing that game, which was also... And this, looked out, and this looked, to me, soft, I, I call it. Like, I um, So I looked at a few different reviews just now when I came upstairs to see if it was just me and they all said the same thing oh this movie just seemed really not blu-ray quality now there's two versions of the movie on the same disc maybe is it it could be because they cram them on to but or it could it could be the photography of the movie was actually like yeah because there were a couple of scenes when um what's her face from the 70s show you know her name? I don't. She, looked, she had a little Martha Stewart glow about her, and yeah, it looked a little uh, intentional to make her look a like little a more. Like a filter. Yeah. I also think it was. I think this isn't a fault of the Blu-ray disc, but I think it, the movie itself by an editor or an art director was 
had filters applied for colour correction to make colours look different. Because some of the... This is a real bright movie, not really a lot of dark scenes. A lot of it's out on the beach. and I thought the colours looked off. Like, the greens looked kind of glowing. Yeah, it it wasn't a good Blu-ray experience, I don't think. But, like you said, if that's just what the movie looks like, then it doesn't matter what you watch it on. Yeah, exactly. If if the movie looked like that in the theatres, then fair enough. But it didn't look like Speed Racer. I mean... You know well, what I mean? we can't what, use that as the standard. What I mean is super sharp. <laughs> yeah. Even The Godfather, which is an old, older movie, it looked more sharp than this did to me. Um, but anyway, that's... Drillbit Taylor looked sharper than this. But Drillbit Taylor looked pristine. It did. <laughs> so, moving on to features on this disc, and for a comedy, there is a lot. A lot. Like, and I was impressed. Like, a lot, a lot. So, first off, you get Universal's patented U-Control. What do you think of U-Control? I don't like you control. How? Uh, however, so what is you control? Oh, you control is. Um, well, I don't know the definition, but it is. You have to go back. Do you want me to read? Go them? back to oh. the menu, and you'll go to like scenes or whatever. Where you can see individual scenes, and you have to play the scene and pick the thing that you want to do while the movie's running again. Let me say what they say you control. <laughs> well, that's my interpretation. Yeah, yours is probably better. They say, go beyond the movie and customize your own high-definition experience by enjoying interactive features while you are watching the movie. Exactly what you said. But, yeah. You know, more of a smile. Not all. Um, yeah. So there's three... You control... Depend, it depends how good you control is, is dependent on how much content is yes, actually inserted. when they only have one every three scenes and you have to sit there and wait Now, for we've it. had that, haven't we, yeah. in the past weeks. I can't remember with what, but there was one where we were like, okay, when's the next thing going to pop up because we've not seen anything for five minutes. Like, So this one, the main thing is there's a picture-in-picture visual commentary which goes on throughout the entire film. And I said to you, isn't the picture-in-picture slightly bigger? A little bit Have bigger. Have they been listening to us, maybe? Maybe. It's about 25% of the screen, maybe a little bit less, but it's definitely bigger A little bigger bit bigger. But, um, and that one's really good. That's the best feature, I think, now, on the DVD. the visual commentary is maybe seven of the people involved in the movie mm-hmm. sat in a room watching the movie and talking about it. Now That includes the director, the star, the main girls, and what's-his-face, the Russell. British guy. All of them. And what? while I sometimes think, well, a visual commentary, how interesting can that be? Because all I need is an audio commentary, surely. Well, no, it's actually fun to see them, to see Russell Brand do silly things. When there's seven, yeah, when there's a bunch of them. It was just one person just looking at the movie. Yeah, Yeah. it's not going to be much. But yeah, that was a good one. Now, I would like it to be reversed, though. Put the movie in the picture-in-picture. Well, we've said this. Yeah. We want the option on you control. We're not sure if it's possible or what. But to switch, to yeah. actually zoom in and out, basically. Or not. Just, I want the the comp, the people that we're watching in the little box, I want that to be big and the movie to be oh, small. Oh, just let us play the people in the little box and not the movie. Yeah, you don't need to see no. Well, you kind of do, because they're going to go, oh yeah, remember that? And they may not tell you what's happening. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that's So then, be. that's the visual commentary. And then there's also a picture-in-picture mode that's part of you control. There's interviews, rehearsals, and behind-the-scene footage, which is like a documentary that unfolds as it goes through. Um, then there's the karaoke you control feature, which takes the most, you know, well, all the songs from the movie and turns them into karaoke. Which is funny. It's it fun. was pretty funny. It's fun to watch. <laughs> the Russell Brand one, where we saw him sing it in the movie, but to see it in full, it was kind of cool. I was thought. it I Want to Be Inside You? Yeah. Something like that? I Should Be Inside You? Yep. But it's a very romantic song, so it's very funny. 
It was, yeah. And uh, We've Got to Do Something, his songs were, and Inside of You. Inside of You, that was it. So then you've also got... Uh, delete is in, these are the high definition features now everything's in high definition by the way apart from the BD live stuff which we'll mention later deleted and extended scenes lots of them lots of them and some really good yes some especially of them, the one on the horse I really love that one the horse was good and then there was one um, the thing where it showed the beginning right when they the first time they ever kissed like he's having a flashback occasionally he has little flashbacks of their relationship like really brief and in this deleted scene he has a flashback of the first time they kiss and how, you know, they're kind of awkward with each other. And then at that time, isn't nearing the end of the movie. And I thought that was really good. Well, they didn't put that in, but that, I thought that was a really excellent thing. So I would like to have seen that back in the movie. Yes, it was extended. It added to the movie, I thought. Yeah, and there was a few that did. Yeah, And totally. I, I love the one where he was sat at the traffic lights on his motorbike. Yeah, his oh my God. <laughs> and some woman hit, comes up and stops, but hits the back of his motorbike and pushes it from out between his legs. Yeah, shoots out, and he just <laughs> stands there right in front of her car. Now, we've never seen that before. And then he ends up sleeping with her. That was the guy. <laughs> well, screw <laughs> on her. I don't yeah. know how much sleeping was going. Um, so then there's, as usual in Apatow-produced movies, there's the linearama, which is a standard. It's on, on the other two discs, too. The is a new thing. It's um, the main guy getting drunk. It's linearama, but he's drinking. And it's funny. It yeah. is funny, really and funny. And Linerama, Especially let's explain pulls... what Linerama is. Linerama is when the cast is told, I'm assuming, to just ad-lib over and over the same line or a different line yeah, in the same just scenario. See, do the... Right. So Paul Rudd does some stuff and yeah. it's just him saying random stuff. It it's seems the same like... scene, it's the same thing, they're just saying a bunch of different stuff so when they edit it together, if they have options... It goes all the way back to the days of Anchorman. Mm. All the way back? Um, and then there's the Drunkarama. And then there's a gag reel. Sexorama? You forgot yeah, that sex isn't actually on it. Yeah, Sexorama's also in there. Maybe they're not allowed to put it on the back of the box. Sexorama. Maybe. For Walmart. Sounds a bit risky. Yeah, so there's the Sexorama, which is the same as Drunkorama and Gagorama, but with screwing. Yeah. And there's, <laughs> then there's the gag reel, which is pretty much those things, but... Yeah, again. just goofing up. There's, this is really good. There's the crime scene, actual clips from the show crime scene. Which is a piss take of CSI, and it's I think it's hilarious. And you don't like Baldwin, but I thought he was perfect. No. Because he's a cheese ball, and he demand, that demanded a cheese ball. True. And he true, says true. that he's got them funny one-liners, and it's just, like, yeah. ridiculous, you know? And then there's Video Diaries, which is really good. It's, like, every single day of the production, the kind of extras that I love. Yes. Like the Favreau one from Iron Man. Every day of the production. And they're not long. They're pretty brief. No, it's 35 minutes in total. Right, so it's and not there's massive. 55 of them. Yeah. But fun. Interesting. Um, there's feature commentary with the director, producer, writers, and stars. That's just an audio commentary, not the visual one. And much more. Now, the BD Live feature is one of the much more features, which generally we have a problem with BD Live because we get discs before they hit retail to review. And then when we go to watch them, it'll always say, the server is not available as this... Well, you know what, the disc isn't released, so we can't give you the content. They should give us a special account. I thought that myself, but apparently not. So today, we actually, because this one's already out last week, we actually managed to download the content. Now, it was painless. Yeah, yeah. It took, when we booted the disc up, it says, there is BD Live content on this disc. You need to do a one-time download. Do you want to do it now? And I said yes. And the little screen that says loading stayed there probably for two minutes instead of 30 seconds, right? Maybe. If it wasn't that. very long. No, no. And then, then we got into the movie. 
And then when we came to the BD Live menu, we had to create an account with Universal with the bloody on yeah. on board on screen keyboard that takes forever just to enter like your email address. Anyway, I entered my email address. I made myself a username. I picked an avatar. I pressed OK. It said you've already got an account, <laughs> and I'm like, I've never made a BD Live account. Oh, hold on, I made a HD DVD the HD DVD of the Bourne conspiracy. It had a B, well, not a BD Live feature, a H, some kind of HD DVD feature where yeah. I had to log in. I remember doing it specifically, it was a long time ago. Well, anyway, that account So worked. did Sony just suck that up or something? Well, it's Universal. It's their own. Oh, okay, right, right. So, like, whatever their movie said, they've just kept all the details. So that was cool, because I remembered my password, and we logged in, and we were in. Now, why did I have to download anything? Because we didn't download anything. We just There was a little menu of stuff to choose from. I think it was basically downloading that menu, and... Whatever had been added to it. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that menu had some advertising some and some text. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just creating that menu. I, 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 my guess is when we put another Universal one in with BD Live now, we won't have to download anything. You reckon it doesn't download what we watched? It, it'll keep it in a cache, but it won't... It streams it. Like, hmm. what we watched, anyway. There was several choices. It was quite, there was quite a few choices. It was um, the... Like, what do they call them? The auditions. Or, yeah, of each of person, each of person. Of people. and a full-length Cinemax show, which is the one that we watched. Like a roundtable discussion. Yeah, um, which was fun. It, it was, was fun. Um, and I can't believe how well it worked. It actually worked fine. We chose it and watched it. Oh, we're perfect. As no in, stuttering, no nothing. No. Anything. It was in standard definition, but I mean, you're not going to be downloading a Blu-ray version. Like it cares for, anyway? For something like that, it's it doesn't just matter. an extra. And I like how that works. But one of the things for me is. If they want to do that, that's cool. But next time I put in, next, say in a year's time, I want to watch Sarah Marshall again, and I put it in. I think it, they should develop something where the main, you know, the main menu that slides out, something flashes to tell you there's new content that you've not seen. Mm. Because otherwise, I'd just forget. I don't think I'd even bother. Not to... for that disc necessarily, but just anything in that. Because it's not just extras for that DVD. When you go in there, it's a whole store yeah. kind of thing. There's there's trailers for upcoming. So can DVD. you do that? Why can't you do that online? It's just available on. Because the... if you have a DV... if you have a Blu-ray player in your PC, which yeah, I, I, yeah. I do, and it'll so work if you in. Pop... There. Okay. Yeah, it will work in there. Just it'll just work if you play the movie. Or if you're online, right? Yeah. So you gotta have the internet. Yeah. On your Blu-ray player. So yeah, BD Live was actually smooth. It's not necessarily 100% a selling point for Blu-ray. I, I don't know. Disney are promising all kinds of stuff with it. Video games. All it's Apparently it's really, they can really do a lot with this thing. Universal aren't doing that much with it really, are they? they that stuff could have been on the disc and some trailers. Well, maybe not with both movies crammed on there and all that other stuff. Yeah, and to be offered something else is cool and I like... It's idea. still a trick to get you in there to look at all the advertising. Let's just be real. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'd like to see how it goes. And then the last um, feature is an extra DVD, which is a digital copy. All right. Um, transfer the included file to your iPod, Mac, or PC. So Universal have got it. They go to anything, apart from Zoom. Yeah, that's not... Why can't we have it on our Zoom? Please. If it goes to your PC and plays in Windows Media Player, I'm assuming. Yes. All right. Okay. Why can't we put it? On Why can't Zoom? it go in the Zoom? And there is no reason. It's is just it because that they everybody pisses and moans about the Zoom? And you know what? They can stick it up their butt because it's really good. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you have one and you don't like it. You're wrong because it's excellent. 
I, I have actually it. used iPods and Zooms. I have too. And the Zoom is way easier to understand iTunes sucks so bad. And not just iTunes, I the know, actual the interface did, of the iPod. Yeah, exactly. It's all, you know, the, the when we we had somebody's iPod from your works because mm-hmm. we were loading music on. We so we brought yeah. it here to... Because someone I know bought an iPod. And gave us her CDs. Well, because she doesn't have a computer. So I we got a, pack, a big packet of original CDs, all her music, and her iPod. And she said, can you put them on? So I sat using it for a few days. And, um, you know, it's... The, the spinny thing and oh. all that there's so many different menus the Zoom there's just you pick one and you play don't you that's nice. it yeah now the only feature I like on the iPod versus the Zoom is that you can actually search on the iPod mm-hmm. okay you have none of that on the Zoom so there are times I would like that to be able to search for something specifically but sure, other than that I think the Zoom's fantastic it's brilliant my mom loves hers but anyway digital copy comes on this one let's get it on the Zoom people. it does work on you know, the PC and the Mac and the iPod, so we're getting there, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I'm not 100% sure whether people use digital copies or they just sit like we do. They just sit in the box forever. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it's a good idea or not. I, I don't know. I, I personally think... Now, let's be real here. We know people in life who watch movies like this they put it in they start watching they fall asleep 15 minutes later or they put it in and the kids start screaming or somebody comes to the door or they get bored or they decide they want to go do something else or they're not even watching it they just leave it on they look at it once in a while haha look away so then the next day they've kind of sort of seen it but not really so they can throw it on their laptop take it and then just ignore it on the laptop as well (laughs) yeah like watch it (laughs) In pieces, bits and pieces over a period of time. So I can understand from that point of view. I don't now, understand if it, that. If it would cut the cost not to put the physical digital copy disc, because it's a separate disc that has to be pressed. If it could cut the cost by not putting it in and just putting a download code in and saying, if you want a digital copy, go on your PC and Mac, plug in the code into iTunes or Zoom Marketplace, and a copy will be sent down to you. Because they're only small, because they're made for a small screen. Hmm. If they could just send a copy down and give me a code, I'd rather have that, I think. Well, that I'm sure that's a screen, right? Because you can play it on your laptop or your PC, and it's not going to be like... They're, they're, no, they're like 640 by 48. They're, right. they're, they're, they're kind of DVD quality, you know, but they're not 4 gigabytes. They're like 1 gigabyte, you know, which is fine for a download nowadays. So if they could just give you a key code and you type it into one of those services and you get a copy, I think that would be better. A better way of doing it. It'd be cheaper for Because you still have to have a key code. There's a key code in there. Right, you still have to unlock that disc. So that disc is useless once you've... If I put that CD in there now, unlock it with the key, then it's been unlocked. That disc is useless. You might oh, as well throw right. it away. Like, you, know? you can't use it again. So I think that's a bit of a waste. Cause, Sorry. Because it's not, it's not like they're giving you just a... See, now Disney, right? This is something I want to talk about. Disney... And their platinum releases, the first one being Sleeping Beauty that's just come out, they are giving you, when you buy the Blu-ray version, because they know that, yes, if you're buying the Blu-ray version, you'll want the ultimate version. But in the box, no digital copy, the full DVD, the actual normal DVD, as a second disc. Oh, right, right. So you're getting the DVD and the Blu-ray disc in the same box. Right, but if you rip that off the DVD, then that's illegal. It's illegal, and they're not telling you to rip it off. They're saying, here's one for the kids. Yeah, but you can't shove that in your iPod. That's what I'm saying. No, you can't, but what I'm saying is I'd prefer that. I prefer that. Here's one, 
here's the Blu-ray disc for you to keep. It's your best quality version of it. And here's a DVD version for free. It's thrown in because it doesn't make that. The Blu-rays are the same price. It's the full DVD version. There's one for your kids to knock around with. You know, it's like... Yeah, because chances are, as a family, kids are going to have DVD players in their rooms. They're not going to have Blu-rays everywhere. Now, that's a good idea. I think that's more value. If that came with a normal DVD as well, I would use the normal DVD. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the digital copy, probably not. It'll probably just sit there. Well, you might get it on your PC, then you've got it. And then when I reformat, it's gone forever. Right. That's what I'm saying. Not much of a feature. No. So... That's saving Sarah Marshall. Saving Sarah Marshall. That's forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> I forget that it was saving. Um, and that's part of the un- ultimate unrated comedy collection, which we will have a full review on Wednesday of all three movies. Um, moving, oh, thanks to Universal for sending us that one for review, or those three for review. Moving on to the contest. My name is Earl, season three, a copy of, to give away. You've got the question and the details. The question is locked away in my mind. I know the. I know. The, uh, the question is, and I'll be very clear about this: name two movies that Jason Lee has been in. Very simple. Jason Lee, he's the star of What's Eating Earl. What's the name of that show? <laughs> what about Earl? I think I think I just said it. Um, my name is Earl. <laughs> oh, what's eating Earl? <laughs> Great. My name is. My name is Earl. It is my name is Earl. What are you saying? What did you say it was? No, what's eating Earl? <laughs> yeah, well. What's eating Earl Grape? Okay, Godfrey. What was that movie? What's eating Gilbert Grape? Right. Okay, and so answer that question. Send an email to ascoli at ascoli.com or as Cool Duder says it, A as Gully? A as That was really funny. A as Gully? Ascoli at ascoli.com with. Jason Lee in the subject a line and thanks to Fox for giving us one of those copies to give away um, games and Ace stuff we're going to be fairly brief with a couple of these I'm still playing Rock Band 2 it's still very good you are I got wow I got the X <laughs> okay so I've played Rock Band and Guitar Hero for a long time now since the very first beginning. Guitar Hero yeah I have always played on medium I'm the medium king. I can get 100% on anything on medium. No, I can. I can go through the entire game, get 100% on medium, everything. But hard kills me. I just the, the difference between medium and hard is too much, in my opinion. Because they speed the note chart up to twice the speed. And it's very difficult to get used to. So, However. However. And I also must say, I suck at the drums. I don't even attempt the drums, really. Aww. It's not very fun for me because it's completely. I just don't have any rhythm, I guess. Well, I must have to play the guitars, but the drums, I can't do it. But the guitar this week, I decided to not go to hard, to go to expert. <laughs> which is like. Were you feeling suicidal? Well, I just. I, I, I can, I'm 100% in medium all the time. It's kind of boring now. I can never do it all the time. So I tried hard and I kind of did alright and then I thought well there's some achievements but they're based on playing on expert and you have to get 100% on expert oh my goodness now expert is very fast and there's lots of notes and it uses all five of the colours instead of three, four of them now on my 50th attempt I was there <laughs> I decided to play bass because it's slightly easier than guitar bass guitar because it's kind of the same thing over and over. Once you get the pattern, you can... So, 
I did one song on Expert. It was a Beastie Boys song on bass on Expert about 50 times and I eventually perfectly you get gold stars which I didn't even know existed you know you get one two three four or five stars oh yeah well if you do expert and you get a perfect hundred percent you get five gold stars so I gold starred it and got the achievement now not only that there was also an achievement for doing up strums only so you can't use the downward you have to always flick it upwards which is a lot harder as well if you can think it's kind of weird yeah so I got that too Fabulous. Now, I'm only not saying, on bass? Only on bass. Guitar is a little bit too difficult. But, there again, I did play a Nirvana song on Expert, on guitar, this week, and got 86%. Which is pretty good, I think. So you're moving up. Well, I think I'm going to actually move down to hard now, but stay on hard. Not go back to medium anymore. It's tricky, but it's... And that, so you like a challenge. I don't want a challenge. I want things to be easy and fun. No, I, I like a challenge, and... The challenge, actually, on it is not just that it goes faster. You, in your brain, if you play it on medium, there's four buttons. Mm. And you put one finger on each button and your thumb behind the neck. And in your brain, you know that you don't even have to look at those because you know this one's that side of the screen, this one's that side of the screen, and they're the middle ones. So without even looking, you can do it. Now, when another button is introduced, that one, you haven't got five fingers. So By you your can't, pinky. Down past your pinky. Yeah, so it's here. It's past your pinky. So you haven't actually got five fingers. You've got a thumb, but you can't use that. Because you can't. Yeah. So you've got four fingers on the buttons as usual, and then there's this extra one all of a sudden. Now, when this extra one scrolls down the chart, your immediate thought is to stretch your pinky to it. But it doesn't quite work. It's this... His pinky misses it like 50% of the time. So what you have to do is you have to learn your four fingers on your normal ones like you do on medium. Green down to blue. And then you also have to like slide your fingers down so it's on the one, the orange one. But the green one's up here. Like yeah. You have to learn those two positions in your mind. What colours are under your fingers on those two positions? Why well, can't me? you keep it on the down position with your pinky on the new orange one, and then when you need the blue one, just stretch your big finger up there? Because that also doesn't work very well. Right. Your fingers don't do it. So how I do you it... you got to move your hand back and forth. Yeah, so I'm, there's two positions your hand can be in, either on the first four or on the last four. And what you have to do is remember in your head that when this, when your hand is down on the second position... This one here is blue. When your hand's on the first vision, this one here is not blue. But then in a while, it beca- that'll become just as natural to you. Exactly, as and I have to force myself to remember those two positions. Now, what happens now is I slide down to the other position, and then my brain tells me that I'm still in the first position, and I start playing out everything wrong. Yeah, but you won't. You'll get over that. But yeah, that's. I think that's the secret to being good at it. You have to kind of remap your brain, especially if you've played it on medium for a right. long time. So that's Rock Band 2. It's still good. There's some brilliant songs in there, I think. And there's also some real awful songs. <laughs> songs we've never, never ever heard of. And we're like, you're playing it, you're like, what is this song? Have you ever heard of this song? Like, the Trees no. by Rush, especially. <laughs> oh, and there was one by Dream Theater where we was like, is this, really, is this even a song? It's weird. <laughs> we're going to offend somebody in the world. Yeah, Dream that. Theater fans out there are punching there. I say put out a U2 version. I'm sure it will happen. 
Um, then I'll play playing, the drums for you. I've also been playing Tiger Woods 09, which I'm still having fun with, and it's pretty good online. I've also been playing Pure, which is the quad bike racer that you watched me play the other day. Really nice graphics. And then we come to a little game called Little Big Planet. Are we supposed to talk about this? Yes, we're on the we're on the official beta for Little Big right. Planet. Uh, there's no NDA. Anybody is public. Anybody can talk about it. Not everybody's in it, but we happen to. I actually won my key from GameSpot. They had a competition on you know on the spot the weekly mm-hmm. video show that they have at the end of the show they said we have 2000 little big planet beta keys if you fill in the form right next to this video that's playing now and answer the question you could win one i take the box i press submit and then i thought i'm not gonna win that two they've only got 2000 a lot of people probably watched that show the day after i had an email so i won excellent so anyway little big planet it's being builders, the PlayStation 3 saviour for this year, because they really haven't had a lot of stuff. They've had Metal Gear Solid. It kind of came and went with a bit of a whimper. Nothing, to me, two weeks of excitement and then it was gone. Like, And then they've had a few things. Wipeout HD, which is amazing because I love Wipeout. You saw how good it looks. But anyway, Little Big Planet, what do you think of it? What is it? Um, It is a side-scrolling... Adventure kind of game. Platform. Is that what it's called? Platform game. <laughs> and you're like this little bag people. They're just sort of little... Cro- sack boys. Cro- is that what they're called? I just look at them as little ragdolls. they sack boys. Yeah. Right. But they're just like little ragdoll things. And um, you can ignore one whole part of the game, right? And just play all the levels that you find. And it's just fun. The whole world is made of physics and it looks like cloth and lots of textures. And it's sort of arts and craftsy looking, which I, of course, I love. And it's really... It looks really cool and it works really well. So you can just go through every level that way and every, and there's every levels scenario. That they created. I'm saying, yes. I mean, not that. Yeah. I know. The, you can go through every level, either yeah. that the game comes with the game or that other people make, or you can be one of those people and then create your own levels, your own world. And that, I think, would be, I would, you know, love that side of it. And it is fun. We sat and played with it. I could sit there for endless amount of hours. Endless. I could give up everything to do with my marriage and my job and just <laughs> so sit there good. and drink Mountain Dew and never sleep. And so I you're would. saying it's good? I don't know how good it is, but I could get consumed in it. I think, I think it's really that it's good. really fun. I don't know overall if it's good. We As know. a package, and this is a beta we're looking at. It's not good enough for me to buy myself a PlayStation 3. Now, for me... I think it's a... And we'll just tell people, you don't share, so I can't use yours. <laughs> well, the one that we have downstairs is a Blu-ray player. It sits down there. It doesn't move around. It stays there. But I think that it is um, definitely a killer app for the PlayStation. Yeah, but are you going to sit down there for endless amounts of hours playing it? Um, when I get another PS3, which I probably am going to get um, for my desk to go with my 360 on my desk. Can you give me one too? No. Um, right. You can get yourself one. So I don't have one, and I would like one to play that, but you'd rather buy yourself two yes. and not share them with me. Well, what I'm getting at, though, is... Um, Reasonable. I would play that game a lot, even if it was The reason just... we're not playing it is because we have our PlayStation 3 hooked up to our projector, and that yeah. would just use up endless hours of the bulb for no reason. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to... I don't know if people know this, but projectors have a bulb inside them that costs $300 exactly. to replace, which is almost the price of a PlayStation 3. So, um, 
yeah, we don't want to sit and play 20 hours of Little Big Planet. Yeah, and I'm not buying you a new bulb, so that's probably why I won't use it up. I would love to, because it's comfy down there, and it's huge, and you can see everything you're doing, but... And our bulb could go next week, and I have to buy one. Um, but, yeah, I I probably will get another PlayStation 3. I, I And it is the kind of game that I would log on to each day to see what other people have made. Oh, see, yeah, that's my, definitely. my kind of... Like, you do love making stuff, and I did. I, it's actually fun, because it's really easy. Very easy, we but made it could also be complicated if you want to be complicated. Now, some of the levels that we saw that other people had made, one specifically, the Shadow of the Colossus level, and even the Wipeout HD level that somebody had made, they were pretty ambitious, big... They looked like they took a long time to me. Because I know, we basically, the level we made, I wrote the word A. Scully <laughs> in rubber. Like, you can choose different textures. I wrote, I got some rubber blocks, and I wrote the word A. Scully. And then we made the game... You know, you can make a level, so you have an ending and a beginning, and some stuff to collect along the way. Ours wasn't very complicated. We didn't have any cool jumps or anything. But you ran along the top of the word A. Scully. You collected some stuff, and then you got to the end, and you got a prize, right? You could even offer a prize. Right. Which I really like that idea. That you could sit and create a really cool object for no reason... Than just a store in your thing to give us a prize for yeah. the end. Like, that means you can take a picture of yourself or of anything that you own or have. No cocks. Well, yeah, if you want it, I guess. <laughs> if you, you can get reported, but what, yeah. what I'm saying is you can plug in your camera, your iToy camera. Take a photograph of, you know, your your kid. Your artwork, if you want. Or your, uh, your kid or your wife or whatever. And that is made into a sticker that can be put in your level. So your level could be climbing up your wife's face. <laughs> Literally, couldn't it? Yep. Like, you could stamp your wife's face on a, a big structure that you're making and then make and a lot of platforms. you can shape it exactly... You can actually shape everything exactly the way you want. If you took a lot of time, you could make anything. And when you've stamped your wife's face on this big structure and you've made it, and then you get people to climb up and then you put a finish line. Now... When people from the internet come and play your level, they actually see your wife's face. It's not limited. It's not like the Wii. There's no oh, friends yeah. codes. They see exactly what you Instantly, because you made your level, you put it up there, and within about ten minutes, somebody, somebody had, had already played, played your level. In fact, we was playing another level, but somebody else created, and it said, Hey, Scully, someone's playing your level. Oh, and that's was, cool. That is really cool. And the other cool thing, which I thought wasn't going to work very well, is when you choose somebody's level... No matter how complicated it is, it takes less than 20 seconds to load. Oh, yeah. It just I was thinking it was going to say, downloading level, and then five minutes later you'd have the level, you know. Because if they've done a load of, you know, photographs and stuff that's unique, you do have to get it somehow. But it, so seems, it must be it really low. flawless, like. Yeah. Well, so far. We only and this was like a beta three. we were talking about. And this isn't your normal beta, it's not one level, it's the whole game. Now, from what I can gather, what I've read, is it isn't the whole game. It is the, it's the whole game as in all the tutorial levels that Media Molecule, the people who made it, are in there. And then you can go out onto the web and play everybody else's, but you're only getting 20% of the objects that are available on the Blu-ray disc when it comes out. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of stuff. It's all unlockable as well. That's another good, cool thing. You don't start with everything. No, not at you all. You play oh, yeah. to earn it. We sat there for three hours, and everything we did 
was basically Getting a tutorial stuff. to open more things. And you feel re- I like how that works. I don't really f- care about the pod thing, though, where you decorate your own little room. I kind of think that's stupid, but that's just me. Now, that pod is just... You're always going to go to that pod when you fire the game up. So I, th- I guess that's just to give you a sense of, like, oh, well, mine doesn't look like anybody else. I've got stuff all over it. Yeah, but you, you can't could probably, really put stuff all well, over it. You could put your photograph of me on the floor, full size. You can do anything, really. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can. Yeah, but... I mean, there's no not a mega reason for it, because no. nobody else comes to your pod. Just. Exactly. Also, one thing that we didn't play, but it does, is four-player over-the-internet co-op. Oh, right. Or in the same house co-op. So four of you can play, or you can invite two people from the internet. So when you buy one from me, I can be in here, and you can be down there, and we can play together? No. Or you could sit here and play it on mine. <laughs> so there you go. <clears throat> <laughs> But, um, yes, I... You're always asking me what I want for Christmas. Well, I have wanted a new, another PlayStation 3 for... See, that's the, that's the key right there. Another PlayStation 3. Well, oh, to, no. put it, to put it... Since we got projected downstairs, what I'm saying, I, the PlayStation 3 that I bought on launch, pretty much. Yeah. I paid, like, $600 for that one. It's one of the 60 gig, the originals, with that does all the backwards. That PlayStation 3... I mean, we literally use it to watch Blu-ray discs, don't we? Did you stand in line for that? No, I bought it off eBay, actually. Oh, right. Got it, uh... The... It came out in... I didn't even get it on the first... It came out in... That's right, you didn't... November. I remember, you did stand in, in line for your th- first Xbox 360. Yeah. And I got it... I got the PlayStation 3 December the 28th, the day after... A couple of days after Boxing Day, because I got it on eBay just before Christmas holiday. Mm. But it must have been... <clears throat> Is that two years ago now? Probably. Can't remember. No, surely not two years. I think we, it might be. We've barely used that thing. No, I use it quite a bit. I think it was two years. You'll know by looking through your old DVD reviews, because that's when it started. Blu-ray started, right? Yeah, kind of. Hmm. HD DVD was bigger then, remember, until yeah. it kind of caught up. Anyway, uh, Little Big Planet Beta goes on till October the 11th, and then that will cease to function. Um... And everything all those people have made will be scrapped. Interestingly enough, that whole download was only 800 megabytes. Which is mm. tiny compared to demos that I've downloaded. And so the game's the... only going to be $5? The game's $60. <laughs> it's on a Blu-ray disc. Oh, I think you might be able to get a download version of it, which I would be interested in so you didn't have to fart around with the disc. I'd rather buy it from the PlayStation Store and have it on the hard drive, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It would be faster. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that's Little Big Planet. It's if you're not in it now, you're probably not going to get in it, because um, it's pretty much it's been yeah. going for a few weeks. You know when you said, "Oh well, all of these people been they've been playing for." It's been going for a, two months, I think. It's just I only just got a key. So do you recommend that? For a certain kind of people, yes. Even people who like to play games. Yeah, I was going to say if you dislike to play it, like me, fun levels and get points and make and achievements rewards. and. Look around at everybody's levels. There's going to be crap ones. There's going to be good ones. What? Do, let's tell them about the Xbox 360 versus PS3 level that I found. Now, this was on you know one of the user-created levels. So you walk up this hill, and the the words Xbox 360 versus PS3 are behind you. And you get to the top, and there's two buttons. One with a Xbox 360, an actual Xbox 360 stood up, and a button. And then one with a PS3 and a button. And you've got to say which one you like the best. Stand on the button. 
So first thing we did, what did we do? We stood on, and it wasn't because we liked the Xbox 360 better. It was we. It was. The, I do, but that it was the first. Button. Yeah, I didn't even realize what we were doing. I just jumped on it. So we jumped on the Xbox 360 button, and what happened? Exploded. And we landed in a pit of nothing. And then we, we said to run underneath, and then everything kept blowing up on us, and it was kind of taking the piss out of anybody who likes the 360. And there was red rings falling from. Let's the sky. call it the fanboy level. Yeah, there was some red rings mm-hmm. falling, um, like the circle with the red rings. But if you chose the PlayStation 3 button, then you got like... The ultimate reward. A whirlwind of little balls, bubbles. And prizes. Like an Xbox 360 that you can use in your own levels and... Yeah, three Mm. prizes. That's all we got. No, there was a pile of prizes. There was a PlayStation sticker. There was a... Was there? Yeah, yeah. There was was quite a few things in that. Mm. I picked them all up, remember? Oh, right, right. But... um, That was a fun... That was funny. That was... I thought it didn't look particularly amazing, but it was an interesting... It must have took somebody a few sure. days to do that. Well, you know, putting each one of those balls in there. Yeah, and there was, how many balls were there in that pit? A couple hundred, probably. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun, I thought. it was. Uh, and when you were saying we liked the Xbox 360 better, personally, uh, the Xbox 360 is better overall. The, I like the online service. Not so keen that I have to pay for it when I don't for the PS3. But then again, the PS3's online service isn't very good. Right, there you go. I downloaded a demo and it takes me two days. It's you get like what you pay for. But. With the red ring thing, that's kind of shitty. That's shitty, but my overall opinion is I think the PS3 is a really good system. Um, plays movies fantastic and DVDs. I mean, that's just the Blu rays and the DVD. It plays both of those fantastic. It's got brilliant network capabilities. Like, you can just play pictures and music, it just picks them all up. That one down there, we can just stream any of our music. You know, I know the 360 does that, but the PS3 does it really easy. You don't have to do anything. I think the games look outstanding. Look, they just little, aren't enough. Look, you, there isn't enough. No, but something like Little Big Planet instills that there's going to be. That's a unique thing. We totally haven't seen unique. anything yeah. like that. I mean, that's something that Microsoft are probably looking at. Going, oh, God. it's a very user-based, community-based kind of game, which sure. works because it gives it endless legs, doesn't it? Like, if you like it and its concept, you can always pick it up and create something. Or you can pick it up and go and spend 10 hours playing other people's stuff. And then when you've come away from 10 hours of playing other people's levels, imagine how much new stuff you've got to mess with. Yeah, but, I mean, everything wears off, doesn't it? It'll wear off after a year or so. There'll be an expansion back or something. Because they'll still look the same. It's just that the things you make are different, you know? Yeah, well, but personally... It's what the PS3 needs. Wipeout HD the other week is a good one too, but that's just a straight-up racer. But this, to me, is something new. I mean, not side, side-scrolling side platforming is not something new, but giving you the freedom to... And it's not shallow, it's really deep. Oh, totally. You can you make can, every... You can make a... Baz- well, it tells you if you filled your level up Yeah, but we, we put a, a bunch of stuff in and we weren't even... We didn't really. You just had the word and then a, a ramp and a... Yeah, but look at that Shadow of the Colossus level. He right. built, and he... Loads of stuff. Yeah, it was insanely big. And they say you can build... Oh, but we picked that smallest one as well. You yeah. can pick different sizes of your template. And you can also get a key that you get for doing your level that you can put at the end of a level to make a continuation. Right. So you can have part one, part two, part three. You could have five-part level. And connect them all yeah, together. Yeah, connect them all together. Um, and sounds, you can trigger sounds, you know. 
It's detailed. It's very detailed. Really detailed. More than you would think looking at it straight. And then when you, when they start... They unfold the um, tutorial slowly, don't they? So you understand stuff. And I think it works, works really well. Oh, it works well. really well. And then when you get to the point where it's like... You, do you know what? You can place this thing here. And when somebody walks past it, you can have it make any sound you want. Like, oh, this list of sounds. And I'm sure there'll be more sounds added, you know? Sure. So if you want a rhinoceros to make a noise, when you've built a rhinoceros... Say you build a big rhinoceros... And you want somebody to walk past it and it make the rhinoceros noise. Well, you can. And then if you want it to fall... On this one level, when we jumped across a bunch of things and landed at the end, we heard a ta-da! Yeah. Like a ta-da! And somebody had put a little speaker there that made that sound. And then you can hide the speaker so people aren't even aware that there's going to... Right. The weather noise You said the proximity, so like when they come within this distance, it's going to make... You know, it's very detailed. Like, I can think of endless things you can do. And people... Most of the levels that we see on there are like remakes of Super Mario and Sonic and different games, aren't they, right now? I even saw Shadow of the Colossus and... Oh, there was quite a few different ones. There was a Kill Bill level I saw when I was scrolling mm. through. You know, people people will be creative and I think... I don't know if I think that's creative. Well, I think it's really creative to... Um, I mean, it's creative to take... It's creative because you're sitting there creating and interpreting something... But it's also, like, they're not really coming up with their own ideas. Well, apparently somebody took, like, the first level of Super Mario Brothers, which is, it's almost, every, if you're a gamer, you know it off by art, like, like every single thing where it is. Well, somebody actually redid it pixel for pixel in Little Big Planet, even down to... So what's the point of that? Because... If you're a gamer, it's nostalgic, right? And playing it in a brand new game like that. And seeing how somebody pulled it off. Because it's not without his challenges. Because in Mario, he has to hit his head against the question mark and the coins come out. Well, some, they'd even figured out how to do that. Right. When they hit it, coins jump out of it and you collect them. Well, bubbles in this case. But I saw a video of it on YouTube and it's... I was like, this guy knows that game and he's, you know, transplanted it. And it's not... It's not like, oh, let's just copy that game to there. You've got to think about all the yeah. different ways of And when he jumps up but to But why make not the, turn all that cleverness into something completely different? And some people have. Yeah. There are things on there, too. The, and I had, we had a lot of fun playing co-op with the two yeah. there. And even playing the, the media molecule levels that they give you. The one where it was really fun where we got on the skateboard and it ran down the hill. All the... Yeah. And you, you were gripping onto, you were gripping onto me. You know, you can do all these little <laughs> things with the sack boys. But um, yeah, it's good. I'm just gonna call them ragdoll people. Sack boy and sack girl. So um, would you? Uh, I would not buy a system for that. If you owned a PS3, would you buy it? Yeah. Again for sixty. Yeah, I think so. Hint, too. hint. I think it's worth it. <laughs> I will buy another PS3 and put it there, and you will. You'll, you'll, you'll. I'm not sitting at your desk. You know better than that. Well, that's where it's going to be. If you want to play it, that's where it'll be. Um, so, moving on to your things. What are my things? What's for supper? Because we're starving, and it's supper, and it is 8 in the morning. It's, and it's yet, actually nearly 9 o'clock in the morning. And we've been up a long time. We've been up since yesterday evening. That's just how our life is, though. Yeah, this is odd, actually, because we normally have put our podcast way before now, haven't we? Yeah, it's, totally. We're normally live at about 2 a.m. our time. Yeah, at the latest. Yeah, so this <laughs> 10 to 9 in the morning thing, it's really odd. And we're about to eat our dinner. Yeah, our supper is so imagine that. in about half an hour. 
Um, but that's the that's the life of a night person. Um, it's going to be uh, like spaghetti. It's penne, oh, we're gonna watch the X Files. Penne pasta with uh, some spaghetti sauce, and I'm gonna make myself some garlic toast with some goat cheese that has been marinated in olive oil and dried tomatoes. That's because I bought it from that goat cheese farm here, and oh, oh, I tasted it, and it's really good. That's a local goat cheese farm. We've mentioned yeah. it before. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, so that's what's for supper. Um, and I wanted to just mention quickly that I've been trying really hard not to drink as much caffeine. So I've in two weeks, I've narrowed it down to my cup of coffee, tea in the morning, right, or when we wake up, which is about five in the evening. One cup of tea. And normally, I drink a can of Pepsi every single day and about a pot of coffee. And I've not had any Pepsi until tonight when we watched the, played the game or watched the movie. Oh, playing the game is when I uh, drank my Pepsi. And I don't think it's been that hard, except I truly think that the drinking lots of coffee substitutes for eating. Because at work now, when I'm there all night and I'm just drinking water, which I think is diabolically boring... I get really hungry, and I think because I'm not drinking my coffee with my sugar and cream in it. So that's been my hard part. And can I mention that I quit caffeine? Yeah, a long well, time I drink, ago. I drink cups. Of, I drink a cup of tea in the morning. Yeah, you might I don't, have. Two I don't cups see that as being a mega caffeine thing. Um, but I drink no. You stopped all the soda, and that's what I'm. trying I do to drink do. Seven Up occasionally. Yeah, but I tried. I'm trying to quit the soda, except maybe my occasional Pepsi. And you lost thirty five pounds, which is really depressing. It's wonderful, but it's depressing. Yeah. Well, my, my actual weight fluctuates quite a bit. Like Yeah, but you went down 35 pounds, and now you only fluctuate within about 2 or well, 3 pounds. like, I've been down to 187, and then sometimes I'll get on the scale, and I'll be 188. And then sometimes I'll be 192, and then a week later I'll be 187. You take a big crap. I don't know what the hell that's all about. I, I so I just wanted to say, the caffeine thing, it is difficult when it's a habit, and I love it. I love drinking Pepsi. I, I li- love drinking coffee. And me, literally, I absolutely despise water. I've always been like that. I thought you liked it now. No, I'm just talking about since, for, since I was, say, 10 years old and drinking Pepsi and milk and whatever. You know, I never drunk water. In fact, my entire childhood, my entire 20s, most of my 30s, I never drank a glass of water. In fact, if you said to me, drink a glass of water, I'd be like, well, yeah. Me too, me too. And now I drink, I'd say, 80% water. You drink about a gallon a day. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have a water purifier that you fill up every day. And, you know, I drink, I tend to drink a glass of uh, shandy, which is 7-Up and beer mixed together, which isn't particularly healthy, but I'll drink one glass of that a day. One, yeah. yeah. If that. Sometimes you don't Sometimes even... I just don't no. have one, no. So that was just my thing. If you drink tons of it, I can imagine it will be very difficult, because... It was difficult I for me. I miss it as a thing that I like, not because... I mean, I, I work it. nights, and I don't have a problem staying up. It's not a matter of perking me up, always. It's a matter of... Uh, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it occupies your time. It keeps you from eating all the time. I don't know. So that's what I'm coping and with. And I absolutely love the taste of Pepsi. I don't know if I do anymore because I haven't drunk it for literally... Well, I had mine today. A long time. And Two years. It's very sad, but it wasn't that interesting. Is it really sweet? No, because I still like sugar a lot. See, to me, I think it would be <laughs> mega sweet for me. Now. I could eat sugar right out of the bowl and have like a little cube of salt over there and then eat it as a dessert. 
<laughs> and a little slab of butter. But anyway, oh um, you know, not, o- not only is it 9 a.m. in the morning, we've actually just talked for one and a half hours. Oh, which my God. Is interesting, because um, I didn't think uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall would turn out, <laughs> but I guess Little Big Planet got thrown into the mix as well. So I just want to say uh, my movie for the week. I didn't You didn't pick one. one. You're going to have to very quickly. I have to think of one. I have to think of one really quickly. And what quickly. was mine? <laughs> 51st date. 51st date. 51st date. It's not on mega. I wouldn't. It's not a brilliant movie, but. For some reason, it has a, it's hot in the right place. I think that's how I would like to put it. Uh, yeah, I agree. And mine is going to be, and if I haven't done this already before... I'll tell you if you have. You're of the dog? Yes, you have. Well, maybe... No, you've mentioned said it was a good movie, but you've yeah, not Yeah, no, that's it. my recommendation, because You're of the Dog is a good one, which is sort of an anti-romantic comedy kind of movie. It's really and good. It's I really like good. It. You're of the dog. It's You're got another... It's got Shannon... What's her face? She's also from Saturday Night Live. Not Shannon Elizabeth. No, I hate her. I don't hate her personally. I don't That's like her word. in movies. I just, I really despise seeing her on the screen. How's that? I don't. <laughs> She's all right. Um, so. That's uh, after the show. That's it, finally, Thank episode God. thirty-eight. Time to eat. And and there's the there's doorbell. the UPS man with a, <laughs> a, a new maybe next week's Blu-ray release or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> But that's really funny that UPS has come during the podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they probably bring in next week's DVD. Where, and next there week's, he goes. I can hear him pulling um, away. Next week's Blu-ray uh, review is possibly... No, not possibly. It is 100%. Indiana Jones oh. and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Fantastic. Blu-ray review. So That'll that's a big one for next week. Yeah. Um, a big one in my eyes because I love old, yeah. old Papa Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so let me remind you that our website's ascully.com, sidtalk.com. This podcast available on iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. We have an RSS feed on the site. We also have a podcast page where you can listen to the podcast straight from the page. We have email addresses, Ascully at Ascully.com. That's A-S-C-U-L-L-Y at Ascully.com. Sidtalk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K at Sidtalk.com. Leave feedback on the site. Um, feedback stay- on the... Comment on the site is probably the best way to go on the new yeah, stories. Yeah, and, st- and stop leaving spam comments, whoever you are. Because you're not getting through. No, I keep reading them every week and they're very interesting. Um, I'm not going to publicize you, but I don't care about your diving equipment. <laughs> or your bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. My my favorite one is like, um, oh, what an interesting review. Do you know where I can buy scuba diving equipment in the Philippines? (laughs) And then it puts a link. (laughs) And then a link to where you can buy it. Why are people such assholes? (laughs) I don't understand. Anyway. Okay, we gotta go. I'm gonna say think for yourself, people, because if you don't do it, somebody will come along and do it for you. And I'm gonna say stay classy and go and watch a Dracula musical. (laughs) 